It's time for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on VolQuest. Good Thursday, everybody, and welcome to the Smoky Mountain Organics VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. Three locations right here at East Tennessee's, including one in Knoxville, 8018 Kingston Pike, across the street from the Traders Joe. And you can always follow us on YouTube, Camp is underway right now. Plenty of content on the front page and, of course, the GQ. But subscribe and follow us on YouTube as well. Guys, full bank of questions to go ahead and get into. We'll start with Wayne County Vol 35, new member, so welcome to it. Uh, who will be the most important player on the defensive side of the ball this year? Awesome Price, let's start with you. Defensive side of the ball, huh? Man. I'm going to go Jeremy Banks. I I just think he's he's poised, um, you know, and you know if you go off of Hubs's theory that they're they're not super great in the interior, I think he's going to have to you know fill some gaps, and so I'll go thirty three. Uh, I'm going to go in terms of important player. I, I'm with I'm with Austin. I don't think they can afford an injury to Jeremy Banks. Um, I'm not sure they can afford an injury to Byron Young either because they need somebody to get to the quarterback. Um, who's going to be their corners? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Rob. There's a lot of guys that that just with some of the unknowns that you wonder. But I would say Banks, Byron Young, probably be my top two. Hey, Rob, you know what they say about corners. When you have six, you really have zero, right? <laughs> like quarterback. When you have two, you have none. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go with Banks and Young. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't disagree. I mean, because – I may end up being wrong, but I really – I think Byron Young's going to have a big year. I, I, I mean, I will not be surprised if he's a double-digit side guy by the end of the year. And I don't want to, you know, pump the hype train too much, but I just – Probably his first-round pick. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but <laughs> well, really, I, mean, I don't think people appreciate just how raw the kid was last year. I mean, and, you know, Roddy Garner kind of said it the other day that he was like a newborn colt, you know, but – what was this two years after high school and one year at Juco and, and then just came in, you know, last year and, and was, he was still an impact player. I, I just feel like he could, I I really feel like he could have a big, big year. Well, you he, know, got more, he got more disruptive as the season. Went that's away. what I was going to say. I was going to say that exact same thing, Austin. I mean, if you go, Eric, you go look at his last three or four games and, and, and see the impact that he was making on the field, whether he was getting a sack or not, he was moving the pocket. He was forcing the quarterback to move, getting him off his spot. Uh, he is a guy who clearly got a lot better as the season progressed, and one would only expect him to be much better in year two. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's an absolute stud, and hopefully as the season goes on because of his production, uh, it might take some more eyeballs on him, free up some other people, maybe Barrett on the other end, maybe some of those guys in the interior. Splitting hairs here, most important, Jeremy Banks for me because quarterback of the defense, he's a tackle machine. Most impactful, potentially, obviously, could be Byron Young. At least I think that's what you want uh, in your defense. Uh, Bassmaster Vol, a little recruiting question, AP. Does Tennessee pursue to Marion Parker? I would assume that that is a yes. Oh, yeah. I, I expect Parker to visit Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, Florida, all of those four. Now, is he a take at Georgia? Is he a take at Bama? I know he's a take at Florida, and I know he's a take at Tennessee. You know, but, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're Bama and, and Georgia at with him. To me, is a question. And, you know, he, he liked Tennessee – Told Rob that they were the leader. He went a week later to Florida, named them the leader, then committed to Penn State. No one 
uh, saw this coming when he decommitted from Penn State. <clears throat> oh, wait. Everyone saw this coming. Hubbard was shocked. Hubbard was stunned. <laughs> When, when, he, when, when, he, when he chose Penn State and said the weather was perfect for him up there, um, that that was my first potential red flag on that one being a long-term commit. I think the question, Austin, in, in all seriousness is, you know, you, you want to try to set – you want to try to be the last visit with him but because I, he, he does like everywhere he goes. I mean, seriously, I, I think there's a strategy involved there. Um, you probably want to try to visit him as close to signing day as you can, just because he does seem to like everywhere he visits. Yeah. I mean, I, if, if I'm any of those schools, I'm trying to get him to come unofficially for games. Good point. And come in December for a visit. Cause if, if he comes on an official for a game, I, you, your chances of landing him are, are very small in my opinion. I mean, I, but I, I, I thought it when he committed, I'll maintain it. The kid is not going to go too far from home, whether that's Florida, Georgia, Bama, Tennessee. He's staying in this little geographic region. And so now things get real for Tennessee with Tamarion Parker because, you know, this the your your kind of prelude has happened. Now you're now you're to the to the main act. And the main act will be this fall where he visits and how he makes those visits. Sam Smith, 22-33. Rob, we'll go to you with this one. Which freshman makes the biggest impact? Obviously, Squirrel White has been a big buzz throughout fall camp, but uh, a name emerging is a guy that continues to impress the coaching staff, running back Dylan Sampson. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's e- easier for, I don't know, for one of those guys to have a small, defined role where they carve out a niche, you know, in, in certain packages. And the running back room just makes you feel like Sampson – has a real shot at it and you know with squirrel i think we've all I mean, we haven't seen we don't see a lot but the stuff that we do see i think is the kind of stuff he excels at he, he jumps out so I, w- I would go with one of those two eric i wouldn't go too far off the board i mean we we heard about tyree west making some noise you know coach heifel has hinted at you know maybe james pierce or or joseph's having a, having a role as a situational pass rusher but the, I, I don't and, and I think it's a good thing. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any freshman that's going to be leaned on, and and you don't want that in, in the SEC. But I, I think those four, four or five guys could, you know, find their way onto the on, on the field. Well, we all heard about Christian Charles at nauseum last season, and then when he finally got in the game, you know, he he got himself taken out of the game physically, and then never did get back in the game. So, like it, for me, like. I'm always hesitant with freshmen. I mean, you hear the Chaz Nimrod, Squirrel White. I, I would lean Josh Josephs slash Tyree West if I was going to say impactful. Now, I think a guy that may you may not notice, but he may have an impact on this team hubs, is Addison Nichols. Now, again, how quickly can he acclimate? And and what's Tennessee's guard play like? I think you know what you're getting out of Jerome Carvin. Spragan shows flashes. But, you know, if, if there's an injury there, if Carvin had to shift back to center because Cooper went out or vice versa, you know, where does Addison Nichols fit into this at guard? If Jalen Wright doesn't get healthy, I'm taking Dylan Sampson because I think he's your number two tailback and you're going to rotate more guys. So and, and until I see Jalen Wright healthy and scrimmaging and, and getting ready for fall camp, which I think he will be, at this point he's your, he's your number two tailback, which to me says he's going to get more snaps then Squirrel White's going to get or Addison Nichols is going to get. Now, over 12 games, 
We'll see. It may be Joshua Josephs. It may be somebody else. But I think he asked between Squirrel White and Dylan Sampson, who makes the bigger impact? Right now, I'm taking Dylan Sampson. Yep, I would as well because it's a rotational spot. He's had a good camp so far. And then again, Tyree West on defense. I know he wasn't mentioned in this one, but again, because it's a rotational spot. But I think that some of these guys can have some specific roles, such as pass rushing, like you pointed out, Rob. Uh, One more, Brent. Juwan Mitchell pushing to start next to Jeremy Banks. If he's healthy, he's playing. I don't know if that means starting, but if he's healthy out there, seems to be having a good camp, he'll be playing. Well, uh, Austin, it goes back to the question we've been asking for several weeks. Is this staff going to trust more bodies than they trusted a year ago? Has has Juwan Mitchell earned the trust? Does he earn that trust this spring, whether he st- or this fall camp, whether he start- starts or not? Does he earn the trust to be in a rotation? Sounds like he's going in the right direction, but the coaches have to end up saying, "Hey, we're going to rotate a guy out this series." Will Will they ultimately do that at all these spots we've been talking about? Well, I'm with you. Uh, you know, I, I think. For them to take a step and go from right around 100 nationally to, you know, even if they make a jump into the 60s or 70s, they're going to have to play more bodies. Otherwise, you're just going to get run down over the course of the season. And you don't want to be playing those games late in the year like South Carolina and you lose the game because you could not get a stop and get off the field. You score, you know, like that South Sincere year, you, you score 40 and you, and you lose. You just can't have that happen. So, like, you've got to play more bodies. But again, you know, proof will come, you know, when when the you know live bullets start flying here in a few weeks. Signal Mountain Vol are the Vols going to miss Valus and Peyton more than most fans expect? I think I think fans understand that that was a lot of production. Uh, Peyton, eighteen receptions, six of which were for touchdown. Of course, we know about Valus as a wide receiver, um, uh, you know, over sixty catches. But more so than anything, Rob, I mean, Valus on special teams as a returner, he was so good for you last year, both in kicks and in and, and punts. I think you're going to miss Valus, obviously, as a slot receiver, uh, but you, you you like the options you have there more than you like the option on the outside for Peyton, but more so on special teams than anything, Rob. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just I, – I think it's easy to overlook or just just how many big plays Valus made in the return game last year. You know, setting up Tennessee with you – know, not just touchdowns, but just the, that hidden yardage you hear coaches talk about we're you know, setting up with short fields and proven field position so much. And I, I know Hubbard touched on this the other day. I'm, and I agree with him that uh, I, I just, you know, just don't really worry about receivers in, in this offense. I mean, I just feel like after what we saw last year that, um, you know, this hypo system will, you know, is so receiver friendly. You know, he, he's going to get guys open and give them an opportunity. And I, I just, I just think somebody will emerge. I mean, maybe, I'm naive. Maybe Cedric Tillman and and, and Valus for outliers, but I, I think you're gonna I, th- I think you're gonna see this offense help receivers out every year. All of all recruiting, what's your guess for the running back and wide receiver rotations right now? Brent already asked the second part of this question. Which one of Jalen Wright or Lynn J. Dixon is RB two? If healthy, I think we can all can agree right now, especially right now, it's Jalen Wright. Um and, and Lynn J. Dixon's just gotta kind of get the offense and figure out his role in this team. But as far as the running back and wide receiver rotations, at least for the wide receivers, without getting into too detail, slot, Jalen Hyatt, Squirrel White, Jimmy Calloway, outside receivers, Brents, outside of Cedric Tillman, who are some guys that they trust right now? Well, I mean, I think they're, you know, Ramel Keaton's still getting every opportunity. He is not, did not have the best weekend or the best part of the first part of the week. I don't think, but, 
Uh, that's a guy that I, I think they're, they're going to continue to give some opportunities to. Chaz Nimrod, we've heard. Um, I don't know. How, I mean, again, I go back to the question, how deep are they going to go with a rotation? I mean, I think Tillman and and Jalen Hyatt are the two they're probably the most comfortable with. Who, who's the third guy that they find there? Um, we'll see. I mean, can, can, can Ramel Keaton run fast enough and catch enough deep balls they've thrown his way to play that Javante Payton role? Because, I mean, really, outside of outside of the one or two shots that they took towards Peyton during the game, he, they didn't do a whole lot else All with him, right? All in the first quarter, too. <laughs> I mean, there, there wasn't – so can you get enough out of that with Ramel Keaton um, that, that you're good there? Or are they really going to play six receivers? Because Austin, it was really clear last year. Alex Golis said coming out of the Florida game, and I'll probably beat this to the point nobody wants to hear it said again. He said, I'm playing three. Then that's it. And he did. And so uh, I don't know how big of a rotation it's going to be. It depends on how much they trust them. And Austin, before you get going, where does a guy like Walker Merrill fit in right now? Um, well, he's outside. Yeah, he, he's outside. That's why I'm asking. I mean, where in terms of the you know getting rotations and, and the coaching staff trusting him, where does he fit in in this conversation? I think too? there's a, a certain level of trust with with Walker Merrill. Um, I mean, he did have a drop in the in the scrimmage on Tuesday, but that's going to happen. I mean, not, there's no perfect wide receiver out there that's not going to have a drop now. I think that he's continued to, to get healthier from last year, is healthy and, and good to go. Um, if you're asking me the freshman out there, I think that there's probably a little bit more trust with Chaz Nimrod on the outside. I don't, I don't squirrel. Um, he's an inside guy. Then there is Caleb Webb at this point. But again, who knows what time when the you know the light comes on? If you go back to running backs. I think for for fans, they keep asking about Lynn J. Lynn J's a name. And because he came from Clemson. Right now, Lynn Jay's way down the depth chart. And that's not to say he can't play a role and he won't have an impact. But like right now, especially out of the gate, I just don't I mean, I see him being buried behind some guys. Now, again, all that can change with an injury, all that can change with just an opportunity, hubs. I mean, there have been plenty of guys that were written off by staffs before, present, whatever. And then they get out there and they make a few plays and all of a sudden the thought process of the staff totally changes. So, you know, can, can Lynn Jay find an opportunity? And a lot of that's going to be on Lynn Jay. I think Rob, it's all on Lynn Jay. I mean, look, from a talent standpoint, we've seen him running drills, right? I mean, he, he moves around, does what you're supposed to do. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think the question is into the microphone hubs. <laughs> come on now. Sorry, I think the question becomes real simple. How much does he learn the offense? And that's on Lin Jay. I mean, that's, you know, the physical part of it, I don't have any questions about, Rob. But my question with Lin Jay is how much, where's that investment level into knowing what to do to earn the coach's trust? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's, I mean, nobody, like you said, Hubbard, I mean, the, kid, the kid played at, at Clemson on a national championship team. It's just kind of unprecedented to roll in here what four or five days after fall camp started and and learn the playbook, learn the program. I mean, be get get to where you need to be to to play in the SEC at running back. I mean, I I I really think the guy will be a factor eventually, but I I think if you're looking for that real soon, um, you're kind of kidding yourself about about just how hard it is to get here and then be ready to play a football game in four weeks. And keep in mind, too, his acclimation period was, I mean, he was not in full pads, you know, when the team went full pads. I mean, he's still a couple of days behind. And so a lot of catch up there with uh, Lynn J. Dixon. 
Brent Hubs, this has got you written all over it. E. Schaefer, 92. Who do you think will be the top four rotational guys at defensive tackle? Why has that got me? Because I question this group. I, I'm not. I'm not bathing in the in the Bryson Eason all conference competent uh, conversations that people want to try to have. No, uh, obviously Amari Thomas. I think Bryson Eason will start, um, and then Dejon Terry is going to be in there uh, as the third guy, and then probably Garland. Um, I think it's going to be interesting too. Do they uh, feel comfortable with a Tyree West? Um, Dominic Bailey or somebody else that they slide. I don't think they'll slide West inside, but they slide Barron inside or they slide Dominic Bailey inside on, on pass rushing situations, Bumpus. Uh, Bumpus to try to get some more speed on there. And, and that could affect your rotation. So you have a, you know, you have a third down package that they really didn't play with a year ago because they didn't have the bodies to do that. That may be something we see different out of this defense this year. Volunteered 87, is there anyone practicing off to the side or in the indoor facility that you could realistically see missing some time? He gives the example up to mid-September or later. Seems like there's some guys banged up right now. Austin Price, if you want to take a swing at this one. No, I think a lot of this stuff's been maintenance stuff. Mm-hmm. Not just minor nicks and bruises. I think, the only, I think the only one you got to worry, you know, that there's any, been any concern about is Kamal Haddon because he's missed yeah. uh, almost a week now. Um, but I don't think that's something that's going to linger into, you know, middle of the season or middle of the month of September or anything like that. But that would be the only one. There's not a bunch of guys. There's not a mass squad of guys in non-contact jerseys who we're seeing getting pulled off to the field after stretch and do rehab work on the side. Um, and trust me, we've seen a lot of those through the years, but I don't see that group going on right now. And I'll say this too, and one of you guys said it yesterday, uh, Austin, I think it might have been you. Um, Jalen Wright, nothing, nothing long-term to worry about, but you need to get in there and practice. And again, that's not an indictment on him or anything, but great off season. Uh, Samson's coming along here in camp. Jabari Small's having a good camp. Uh, Jalen Wright for, for as much work as you put in to change well, your body and, to you know, you, you need to get back in practice obviously sooner rather than later. Well, the good news is, is he, he does just enough in the, the, you know, just nonsense standing around periods that he'll be through acclimation. Yeah. So like, you know, when, whenever he's ready to go, he won't have to go and wear t-shirts for a couple of days. Yeah, He's been in pads. He's, he's, you know, he's been able to do, you know, do enough to get through that. So whenever he's fully cleared, it'll be boom, ready to go. Coach underscore 93. Each of you have mentioned question marks amongst the roster in certain positions, but what is this staff's biggest weakness? Rob, we can go with you here. Do you all believe that they can outcoach some of the better coaches in the league, saving Smart Kelly, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but I would say just what we saw last year. The question mark is obviously on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, what they average thirty. I mean, second second highest scoring team in the SEC last year, 30, 30 plus points a game. Um, and and defensively, I mean, I, I think we can all agree that was more personnel related, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm with Hubber. I mean, I, I've I've heard him say it that I think Tim Banks probably did did a really good job last year with what he had to work with. I mean, you didn't hear uh, outside of Alante and Theo Jackson. I mean, did they have a lot of NFL talent on on that side of the ball last year in a league where there's NFL talent all over the place every Saturday? So I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a weakness, but I would say the bigger the question is just on defense. And as you get more bodies, as you get more talent. 
can they you know get it get on par with the offense? I don't I don't see how you can question anything you saw on saw for the offense last year. Yeah, I mean I just don't think you can look back on last season, Austin, and pick a game where you say, boy, they got out coached. I mean, maybe Ole Miss, Matt Corral's running around. They didn't have an answer for stopping that. Maybe you can be critical of that one. Uh, but they moved the ball against Georgia as well as anybody. Um, you know, they were in that ball game against Alabama um, and, and did some things there, and they're pretty shorthanded in that game. So I, I'm not saying they they this staff invented the game of football, but but I don't I don't think you'd left last season at any point saying and thinking. You know, this staff was the equivalent of bringing a knife to a gunfight. I, I just, I mean, I, I think this staff proved that they're very competent and um, did a nice job game planning and, and and having success. I mean, look at their first quarter numbers. That's to me, that's that's a game plan. That's coaching up when you outscore an opponent the way they did and shut somebody down the way they did. They had some nice things in. They didn't have enough horses to run it for four quarters, probably. I think that was evident, but what they did in the first quarter to me says a lot about coaching. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what it says to me. No, I agree with you. I mean, uh, their ability to make some in-game adjustments. Now, their second quarter stuff, just it, more befuddling that literally it was like every week. It wasn't like, you know, right. it, you know, it'd be different if they had like, you know, three out of five second quarters were bad. That means like every second quarter was bad, but um, you know, they were able to adjust coming out of halftime several times. I mean, I, you know, I guess for my liking, they just have more depth. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, and, and we'll, we'll make things better for Tim Banks. Again, is that marginally better? Is it drastically better? Who knows over time we'll, we'll find out. But like, I do think in some form or fashion, this defense will be ranked higher than it was a year ago. And if you look at just pure stats, they had more guys drafted on defense than they did on offense a year ago. If you just want to play devil's advocate, and I'm and I'm and I'm not being critical because we don't know what they saw in August, but the only other than the second quarter stuff, which I is, is kind of mind-boggling, offensively, the only question from last year was, what did you see from Joe Milton in August that that, that you started him over Hendon Hooker when it was? I mean, the in-game stuff was just so dramatic. I mean, it wasn't close. Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, the quarterbacks are primarily dead and, you know, in, in team periods, 11 on yeah. 11 and stuff, and so much of Hendon's games with his legs, but still with decision-making, accuracy. And, and again, that's a devil's – I mean, if you really want to reach and just try to find something. But, uh, I mean, I'm with Hubbard. I think the first quarter stuff is, is a pretty strong statement about well, their, their ability to game plan. Th there have been plenty of times over the years where a coaching staff has – decided this is my guy and they've tried to fit the round peg into the square hole and the players the players knew this guy wasn't the guy but i'm telling you when 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 you talk to 15 or 20 guys and they all to a man say joe was a different guy in fall camp than the guy that when the lights came on last year for the opener like i think that's just what they saw i think they they, they saw a guy that played differently and i think part of that is the fact that you know you weren't getting hit a year ago, you know. I mean, like, and, and Hendon, uh, Rarick's right. A big part of his game is his legs. It's not running though. It's more just being able to Extending. elude, extend, move around, throw on the run. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just think that's probably the biggest thing they saw was what same thing all the players saw, which was a, a, a two totally different guys from August to September. 
Well, since Ross being negative, we'll move on here to Brooks 1972. <laughs> Tennessee loses tight ends, Jacob Warren and Princeton fan after the season. Uh, one other scholarship on the Ross on, on the Ross right now. That is Miles Campbell. Uh, how do you foresee Tennessee backfilling that position with additional depth, high school portal position switch? He does mention that, of course, there is one tight end committed uh, with Ethan Davis in the class right now. Austin, I mean, Jacob Warren, can can he come back for another yeah. year if he wants Jacob to? Warren, Jacob Warren will be back again. Like, he wow. has a COVID there, year. There's a new splash. He, he is, well, I mean, I'm just going off what he has told me. He has like, told he, me he his plan is. Like, he's not going to get drafted likely, right? So, huh? like, he's not going to get drafted this year likely. So, you know, why wouldn't you come back if you want to play football? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a path to the to playing professionally for Jacob Warren in the NFL. I mean, he's, he's up to now 255. He runs solid routes. He catches nearly anything near him. Like, I, I think there's a path there. But my point, though, is, is like, I don't – I think he sees the more uh, broad picture, which is, you know, getting to do something and, and, and be a part of something that, you know, he really enjoys, which is Tennessee football. He has told me that everything – if all the stars align, he'll be back again in 2023. Now, again, that could change. Who knows? He could have a monster year this year, and it just – it just makes sense for him to go. But, like, I think the plan has been for him to play the next two years. Princeton Fan is gone. This is his last rodeo. Um, but but Jacob Warren can be back. Uh, I think he expects to be back. Charlie Browder, someone who I think can help the football team. Miles um, Campbell can help the football team. Ethan Davis is obviously a very freak athlete at that position. And then who knows what falls to them in the portal if anybody wants to come, uh, you know, come to Tennessee, you know, with, with options being available. How do you guys like morning practices compared to afternoon practices? Brent, I think this might, and obviously also I've heard you talk about it with kids. A- AP lot. hates it. But, I love it, man. I, I, I hope Josh Heupel wins a million games and never leaves. <laughs> yeah, I, I like for at least until my kids right now, my kids are nine and seven. So they are, this started the fourth and the second grade. You know, barring just a catastrophe, he he will he will take me through elementary school and into middle school. Hopefully, it goes past that. And once we get a couple years past that, they're not going to want to hang out with old dad anyways. So it won't matter. But like right now, is a great it's a it, it, it's great. Weather's better. Hubs, obviously, you get to you know partake in all the functions with the family. How many years did you have to you know juggle you know? missing you know your daughter's event or your son's event you know with with football practice we got that brief deal with Dooley and then he got canned we're lucky to get it back here with with, with high a- ap you could just be like hover and let him drive when they're 12 <laughs> that's right that's true. Eli, Eli did drive all the way to what like uh you know uh, Myrtle Ch- Beach, Ch- Chapel, uh <laughs> Um, to answer your question, I, I obviously, uh, do love the morning practices. There was, there's not, I didn't enjoy sitting around Rob till eight 30 waiting on, um, coach Pruitt to come down and, and visit with the media and not mention anybody by name, uh, when he, when he visited with, with the media at eight 30 at night. So I do enjoy having press conferences done by lunchtime. That's selfish on my part. Yes, but I love morning practices compared to afternoon practices. Anybody that says otherwise is young and likes to stay up late. I mean, dude, guys, I'm going to go and fill in for the vol clusters. Austin's up till one or two o'clock in the morning and I get up at six with my kids to put them to send them off to school. And then I come to practice. So it's like, I'm, it's not like I'm running on a, a ton of sleep, but the people that don't like it are the ones that don't have kids or 
uh, are just younger and they, they want to stay up later and sleep later. Eight piece at home in the golf simulator by like one thirty or two every, every day. <laughs> Brent, how does that affect farm life though? A lot of people want to know that. Oh, farm life checks out when fall camp opens. I turn in my resignation. No, nobody is happier to, to, to take the picture that says, you know, 29 years we've got, first day first day of fall camp 29, 29 years. years we've got we got tomatoes we got tomatoes rotten on the vines out in there's nobody to pick them there, there, there's there's two th- in august the when the the, the uh, my daughter goes to school and can't work the produce stand we have no sales associates that means i'm done and i'm out the door so as soon as fall camp opens uh my farm life shuts down other than uh a few random things in the evening time here or there, but the daily farm life is uh, absolutely shut down when fall camp opens. All right, let's go through a couple here. Rapid fire. Matt, I Moody Vol. Do you think Mincy and Crawford has shown enough to ensure it will be one of them at left tackle rather than flipping right back over and Davis to right tackle Brent? Uh, right now. Yes, I think so. I think, uh, Austin has painted that picture the best over the last month or so. You're going to see both, uh, Mincy and Crawford play left tackle in the opener against ball state and see how it sorts itself out from there. I, I think those two would have to be really poor in the opener for Tennessee to, to go messing around with flipping Darnell right to left tackle and, and playing Dane Davis at right tackle. I think Dane will play in the ball state game, but I think he'll play right tackle. AP, did you share your, your Jeremiah Crawford story from, from Tuesday? I did. I put it in the two-minute drill yesterday. Okay. All right. Uh, so I apologize. We, I didn't watch. My, my only concern with Jeremiah Crawford is he's riding a skateboard around campus. That makes me a little nervous. Uh, all right. We've already hit on a couple of these other ones. Uh, running backs going to exceed expectations. It depends on what your expectations are. I think Jabari Small is obviously the lead back. He's, he's looking good in fall camp so far. And then it's how quickly can the other guys get up to speed. But um, – you know, I, I think that they're in a good spot there, though, Thin. We'll go on now to Athrun. A couple of recruiting here for AP. Over, under, one and a half. On, oh, that's silly. How many more times to Marion Parker commits and decommits? Oh, we'll move on. Any word on interior? Well, go ahead. Go ahead and ask. Or are you going to ask? I uh, did. You already went down the – you don't I, read these things beforehand, and then you no, just jump in there. I, but don't shortchange the don't shortchange Anthron. You or whoever literally that's didn't answer it, so I moved on. How many so, more times commits decommits for Tamarian Parker? Well, I didn't have a chance because you were reading off multiple questions. You you said one one and a half, and then you stopped. All right, here's the question, AP. Good lord, we're running out of time here. Over under one point five on how many more times Parker commits and decommits. You taking the over or the under? Under under. Okay. All, All right. right. Any word on interior defensive line targets? No, not really. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of new names. I think at this point, everybody's waiting to get senior film back and then evaluate from there. So, like, you know, if, if, t- if Tennessee's recruiting guys um, like Elijah Davis, so on and so forth, they're going to continue to recruit those players. But as far as new names, it's going to be more of a shakeout come late September, early October. Hey, is Hobbs going to be an inside guy or an outside guy? AP? Inside guy. Yeah, so that, so that he would be – he would be at the top of that target list, right? Yeah. And the best news is, is he's not doing anything until December. I mean, he's he's going to visit Tennessee for the Florida game. He's going to go visit Alabama for the Iron Bowl. I mean, that takes you to the end of November. I mean, that, that's the best thing going for Tennessee is get pushing that thing back. Uh, thoughts on Jordan Matthews this week? Same stance as I've always had. Good dialogue, AP. Good dialogue. They've had good dialogue. Um, Correct. Like Tennessee's. Much more of a fact. I mean, they may not land Jordan Matthews. He may go to Texas like everybody per- perceives. But, again, 
most people don't understand how close Tennessee was to getting Francis Mauingoa, and then they didn't get him. So, like, same thing here. Like, Tennessee is right in the thick of it with Jordan Matthews, and that's more than a lot of national or, or, or regional guys are giving them credit for. So, they're in it. All right, a couple minutes left here. We'll go to David K10. Rob Lewis, your biggest takeaway from scrimmage number one. I the my biggest takeaway since you know just based off Josh Heupel's comments was wide receiver. I mean, he seemed pretty. That's something we've been questioning, you know, since fall camp opened. Who's going to be there? Who's going to be there? And he was really complimentary of both Jalen Hyatt and Jimmy Callaway. And the Hyatt stuff has been percolating for the coaching staff for a while now. But to hear him hear any offensive coach throw Jimmy Callaway a bone, I, I thought was pretty significant after the way Alvin Skullish kind of you know, threw the gauntlet down at him on, on the first Sunday when, when we spoke about how inconsistent he had been. Yeah, and I mean, at the bare minimum, I mean, that guy's got so much talent. And even if you're just throwing him a, a bone there, mention his name in a press conference, because you know to get back to him, just trying to get him going. Unbelievable talent. And obviously, they want him to contribute. Um, but in order to do that, you got to play consistently. Uh, last one we'll go to right here. This has kind of been a, a popular question, especially since – uh, Dylan Sampson's kind of come on here lately. This is um, a big orange possum. It uh, sounds like Dylan Sampson will get opportunities before Justin Williams Thomas. Is that any indictment on Justin Williams Thomas or more of a testament to Dylan Sampson's ability? Rob, right now, or uh, Brent, right now, I think a little bit both can, can be true. It's not an indictment on Justin Williams Thomas. I mean, it's the second week of fall camp, your freshman year, but not doubting what Dylan Sampson's done already. He's had a good uh, start to camp. Different guys, different style players. Uh, different roles in, in a lot of ways. Uh, there's probably some things that Dylan Sampson's game fits this offense a little bit better. And then there's going to be some situations where uh, it's going to be a better fit for Justin Williams Thomas. And and Josh Heupel said it uh, on Monday after the scrimmage that, that Justin is doing, doing well. He's a much better player than he was in the spring. Um, and again, you're going to line up and play with multiple guys. That's just, that's just the way it is. You're, you're not going to play with one tailback. And so I think there'll be a role for both of those guys in a couple of different ways, Austin. Yeah. I, I think the, the the question you kind of get there, Eric, is the fact that, you know, Justin Williams Thomas was a you know, top 150 player and he had that big rankings bump at the end. Yeah. I'm, again, I, I think Justin Williams Thomas is going to be just fine, but everybody wants him to go warp speed because they got a little bit of a ranking to them. Look back at Harrison Bailey. I mean, look at a guy like James Pierce. Everybody's going to predict James Pierce is going to be more of an impactful player than than Joshua Josephs, but I'm not sure that's actually going to be the case as far as early on. So, like, you know, I don't there, there's no reason to pick, you know, hit a panic button. We got that in the chat the other night. Yeah. Nothing's holding him back. It just, you know, sometimes the right system and your skill set allows you to contribute earlier depending on the position. Yeah, uh, not a very far limb I'm going to venture off on here, but I think uh, I think Justin Williams Thomas is going to be a pretty good running back at this level. Uh, just a matter of uh, just a matter of time. All right, that's all the time that we have uh, here for the uh, Smoky Mountain Organics Fall Quest Mailbag Podcast. Go ahead and check out three of the locations right here in East Tennessee, including one in Knoxville, eight zero one eight Kingston Pike. It's the East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies to a variety of ailments. All right, follow us, subscribe, rate, review, comments, throw a little heart out there, thumbs up to all of our stuff on the YouTube channel. Just search Fall Quest on YouTube. Plenty of coverage still coming. Week two of fall camp. 
on the front page of VolQuest.com and as always on the general quarters. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here today. For Brent Hubs, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis, I'm Eric Kane. And uh, you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to the Mailbag Podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.